You are listening to this week's episode of Alternating Slothcast, episode four. Ah, so what have I been up to this week? Well, um, <laughs> right before I decided to come and record, I had a guy yell out of his car at me that I was quote-unquote fucking disgusting. Um, so that happened. Uh, I've had that happen before, but you know, whatevs. People, people will like you, some people won't. It's just love for you. But um, last night I went and saw uh, Taika Waititi's new movie, uh, Waititi's new movie, um, Jojo Rabbit. That was that was that was awesome. Uh, those who don't know, it's about a young boy whose imaginary friend is uh, Adolf Hitler, and it's about him as like a Hitler youth kid um, in that time period, sort of dealing with that and finding out that his mum is secretly hiding a uh, young Jewish girl. And um, it's an interesting movie, and I might just put a big spoiler tag here right now because probably gonna spoil at least a decent chunk of it. So um. Probably uh, not going to spoil it straight away, but I might spoil things from here on now. So spoilers uh, for later on. Um, so basically, yeah, it's about this young boy at Nazi Germany. Um, I was really surprised when I watched the first half of the, the, the first, just the opening credits because um, they had a Beatles song of all songs in the first bit of the, the show, of the movie. And I was just baffled because Beatles songs usually cost a ton. And I think Michael Jackson at one point owned the rights to the music. So there's all this massive thing, hurdles you've got to go through to try and get the rights for, uh, for a Beatles song. So I was quite impressed to see a Beatles song and a German Beatles song as well. It was a Beatles song sung in German. So that was uh, quite interesting and quite different. Um, the music in general, I just really liked. Uh, I don't really want to spoil this, but spoilers at the end of the movie, there's a um, David Bowie song, uh, "Heroes" in in Germany and uh, in German, and that was that was really cool. Uh, there's a really cool fade in too, where they they had like Robert Fripp's guitar sort of just slide in and just sort of vaguely come in, and um, that was that was really cool. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. There's um, Scarlett Johansson, honestly, uh, I've seen her in a lot of things. I don't usually like her that much. This year, she was she was great in uh, Avengers Endgame, and then she was really great in this. And I think she was just channeling a lot of uh, being a mother herself, uh, being this mother character, and she did such a good job of it. And and yes, it probably is the script and Taika drawing from a lot of his own uh, experiences, a lot of his. Movies have these very kind, endearing mother figures, and uh, this is no exception with, with Scarlett Johansson, but she plays the role so well. I, was, uh, I cared so much for her, and um, I was moved. Like, I could relate to a lot of it. It reminded me, uh, reminded me a lot of moments with sort of my own mum. As a kid, it was just really incredible, and there's one scene in the movie uh, where they're, they... There's a lot of really good callbacks. So there's a we see her shoes a lot, and then in one scene we see these people, uh, these Jewish people hang, which is just baffling because from that point, from the first sort of start of it, it seemed like a really sort of comedic kids movie, and then you just have like 
Jewish people just hanged in the middle of the street and it's like, oh my God, you know, it's, it's just grabs your attention straight away. And then later on in the movie, sadly, um, she gets hanged and we don't see her body or her being like hang hanged, but we see her, her feet and her shoes. And since we've seen her shoes a lot and her, um, telling her boy to tie her laces and her tying her laces up, we, we, you know, instantly know it's her and it's just frightening. Um, Another great scene in the movie as well was you get to see Stephen Merchant, uh, who I haven't, he's doing a lot more, he he's definitely does a bit of comedy in this movie, but he's also just fucking terrifying scary. Uh, he really used his height to his advantage just to sort of have this massive looming presence. It was uh, fucking terrifying, uh, but, but really um, just really riveting scene. Um, really got you on the edge of your seat I, I was yeah I went into that movie I didn't think I was going to like it I was almost going to go see uh Ford um, I think it's Ford v Ferrari I was almost going to go see that movie because I really like Christian Bale and I thought I'll go and I like uh James Mangold who wrote the script and directed it and he did Logan and um another movie I really liked um but he's a really good director so I was I was almost going to go see that and I might go see that at some point but I ended up going and seeing um Jojo Rabbit instead and I wasn't really gonna go see it but then I like got into the first chunk of the movie and I was just like no I don't regret coming here now and seeing this movie it's you know he's um he's done another good film and I shouldn't be surprised because I've liked or just about everything that Tyke has done uh even some of the stuff that isn't as well known like Eagle versus Shark is a it's got some really funny and, and uh, poignant moments in it. And um, there's a couple things I've definitely noticed of his movies. Uh, the only movie that maybe doesn't have a lot of this sort of themes that I'm going to touch on is maybe um, Thor Ragnarok. That's like maybe the only movie that doesn't have these, these themes and these motives that I, uh, motifs that I see in a lot of his movies. Like um, one thing I've noticed, uh, especially in this movie, was um, the... The absence of a father figure and then also um, your father figure maybe not being someone you're proud of who's maybe you you have this uh, idolized version of him in your head but he's actually a criminal or he's actually someone terrible and in this case we don't get to see Jojo's uh, dad but we see Adolf Hitler his imaginary friend who's played by Taika and he is almost in some scenes uh, played kind of like a, a, an imaginary father figure and um it's quite there's scenes where it's quite hilarious and touching but then there's also scenes where it's just really frightening especially near, near the end and um it's it's like someone having to confront uh to me it felt like he's having to confront maybe to me what i, I got from it is maybe hitler is symbolizing um his dad, who maybe was a little bit um, not the nicest person and maybe was a huge uh, Hitler sympathizer, you know, massive Nazi, probably. Uh, there is one scene where Scarlett Johansson uh, tends to be the dad, and the first thing she does is slam her hand on the table and says, Don't talk to me this way. And it's quite a uh, scary and abrupt scene. And it goes into sort of a, a funny and touching scene later on, but just from noticing that and then noticing the way uh boy thinks of hitler and the way think uh 
treats this this version of Hitler, his imaginary friend, you get a very you get that sort of feel uh, from it. The other motif that I definitely noticed, and it was a little bit in um, for, is the motive of the movie starts off very comedically, very lighthearted, and then. It's not that there isn't comedy uh, near the second half of the movie, but it's a lot more uh, dark and a lot more uh, grim. It's, it's, it's where I would say the first half of Tiger's movies are kind of fantasy, and in the second half of Tiger's movies are uh, in reality and in and, and a dark reality, a bleak reality, uh, which makes, makes his movies quite interesting and quite different. Um, so yeah, I went, I went and saw that movie and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd probably give it like a 8 out of 10 or something. Um, it's, not that, it's, it's not that it was a bad movie, um, but I also went and saw Doctor Sleep uh, last week and oh my god, um, I'm a huge fan of the Stanley Kubrick uh, Shining movie and that movie was just like fan fiction and well just fan service for um fans of those of that movie and just oh it was just so many good things done and uh just musically just little nods i was telling a friend of mine that the trailer all the stuff you see in the doctor sleep trailer is all the obvious references to the shining but all the stuff that you see that is in the actual movie, there's a lot of like stuff that's really subtle, like, oh, we're going to place the camera here. Uh, he's going to move exactly like Jack Nicholson in the scene, or he's going to hold the glass in the same way. There were just crazy things like that that you'd have to watch the movie more than once to know. Little like number things on the doors, just all these little subtle cues that I was, um, I was trying not to yell or get too excited because... I'd be sitting watching the movie and going, oh, they did that, oh my god, oh my god, they did that, and I was just, you know, just loving it, uh, and Ewan McGregor has gotten so much better with his, uh, I'd, I'd say, uh, northern American accent, because um, I don't think his southern American accent's completely bad, but his northern American accent, back in the day at least, I noticed he would have trouble trying to keep that and uh, not slip into like a Scottish accent. Uh, but this movie, I noticed that was definitely not the case with this movie. Um, so he did a great job, and Cliff Curtis was in it as well. He kind of slipped in and out of his New Zealand accent. But that movie is fucking awesome, and um, there were some terrifying moments. And what's funny is I don't really like, uh, I like Supernatural, but I don't really like ghost stuff. That's the elements I never really liked about The Shining. I'm more interested in the psychological aspect, um, but I was actually scared by some of the ghost elements in the movie because it was just done, in my opinion, so well, uh, and, and the main creatures in this, the main villains in Doctor Sleep are more like vampires, which is more of my, more, more so what, what I like to lean into in supernatural stuff, um, and I just really, they were like happy vampires, and I thought that was just such an interesting angle and they were kind of like a cult they minded me they reminded me if they were if charles manson and his group had became vampires i think that's kind of what we would get so uh there was that interesting aspect to it um so what else did i want to talk about so i had a gig last weekend uh with my uh friends sean and davi 
They're friends of mine from my audio course. I did a music education paper and I kind of knew Sean uh, for, for the uh, three years that I've been here. But um, I met Darby for being in that class and we just really clicked. And then we started playing musically and we really clicked. And Sean, uh, we had been jamming quite a bit. Um, if you follow my Instagram page, you might have seen some of those videos. Uh, but eventually we just, he, he gave me a call and Darby a call and we said, okay, we'll form like sort of a, a mini band we called uh, the Try Guys. And um, we went and we, we did a gig and um, it was at like a, an international conference award thing or something like that. It was kind of in like a little, um, like a town hall type setting sort of thing. And um, we went in there, we just, uh, we set up and uh, I w we, we did three songs, um, covers. We did, we did one original that I'd made. And what it went really well, except for the fact that uh, my guitar playing, I've been practicing and practicing, but I haven't really been practicing much holding a strap and playing and standing up. So um, I had to do that at the gig and I didn't adjust it. And so I just went and played and I ended up having to try and pick up the guitar and try not to drop it and try and get my hand down in the right position and try and adjust to it. And um, I don't think I quite, I, near the end, I think I got a bit better with it. Uh, but there was a point where the strap almost broke off and I had to pick up the actual guitar and lift it above my knee and then strum the last note. Uh, so it was, yeah, I thought. Vocally, I did really good, but in terms of playing, I was really disappointed. Um, I felt like I'd let down my band because there was a lot of annoying stops and starts. Um, so I was a little bit annoyed with that side of things. But other than that, I thought vocally I did fine. And we had someone come afterwards af afterwards to get like a photo and, and talk of us. And they liked us and they asked if we were doing any more gigs. And we were like, oh, well, we'd like to. but um, Sean's going up north and I'm going up north and we're, you know, down south. And Darby's the only one who's maybe staying down south. So we had that predicament. But it was a, it was a fun night. Um, I got to see some, I got to see like a, a, uh, a, some cultural dancing and stuff. Uh, someone from Thailand was doing this cultural dance that was really cool. Uh, it, it just felt really surreal. It was awesome. Um, and then there was some people from Colombia doing these, um, sort of shaking the dress around. I don't know what they'd call it. Uh, it was this dance that was using the dress to sort of move around and do some sort of cha-cha-like stuff. It was really cool. Uh, and then people came up and did salsa and stuff. It was just a really, really fun night. Um, I didn't get paid for the gig. I just got biscuits, like a big box of biscuits and some nibbles. So I got paid in food, so that's not too bad. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a fun experience and um I, I i always just even if i fail i just love to you know have the experience of just gigging and uh i i hadn't really played actually with a full band like i was that night um in the three years i had mostly just done solo stuff on the guitar um or the piano you know or just singing with someone else playing um one other person so it was fun to be in like a full you know three-piece band experience again uh so yeah uh, this episode is going to be probably a little bit shorter than the usual ones, just because, uh, so I, I have found a new place to record, um, to do some recordings, 
there might be some popping and, and some peas and stuff still. I'm going to try and sort out an EQ, but um, I don't have a pop filter at the moment. Um, as I said, I can't use the studios that I was using uh, at the course because the course is shut down till next year. It's just not open. Uh, so, yeah, I won't be able to record in there. So I'm actually recording live at Radio Southland at the moment in, in Vicargo in one of their rooms with um, my setup. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just recording there, and they've got an interview at 3 o'clock. So I'm going to try and not be too long. So this episode might be about maybe 20 minutes, maybe uh, 18 minutes at most. Um, but it won't be super long, but I'll, you know, um, maybe, maybe I'll throw in some bonus content next week or something. Um, I'm still trying to look at getting some interviews for Insert Cast. I've been hounding and hounding the people from, uh, uh, I won't say who they are because um, it might, you know, might come, might not. Um, but I'm, I'm getting in touch with some people still. Some people have been real responsive, some people not. Um, so yeah, just keep on doing that. I've got maybe some potential people lined up. Uh, I guess I could also talk about just for a little bit, a friend, my friend, my flatmate, um, he taught me how to do some, uh, scratching, like DJ scratching. And, um, it was a fun experience. Uh, it, it was, I was... It, it, you don't realize how hard it is, how fast the momentum of the record is until you actually put your hand on and you try and move it back and you try not to let go of it. Like, that was the hardest thing for me. Uh, just the timing of it. Is, my timing it, musically is just not as good as it could be. And so I just found myself uh, sometimes just having trouble trying to just hold on to the record while trying to move it and stay in sort of the same place and then... He was trying to get me to find a, a sample and then go back to that sample, try to find it again. That was just, uh, I, I'm just terrible at, at timing sometimes um, when it comes to music. But uh, I found for me, when it came to scratching, I couldn't do a full hand scratch. I couldn't use my whole hand to do some scratching, um, to do some what they call scribbling, where it's like really fast back and forth movement. I found for me the easiest way to do that was um, to actually use my fingers because I had seen some UK DJs, they, they would, when they're scratching, they wouldn't use their whole hand. They would actually use um, like all their fingers, like, like they're almost like playing piano on the record. So I, would, I was doing like trying to do sort of a similar thing just because for me, I found it was something easier for me, something that I could, um, something I was familiar with because... Uh, I, I'm not really, rhythmic and timing stuff just isn't my specialty. So I, I thought, you know, I'll take it from the same approach I'd play piano or any other sort of instrument that I can play. So that, that's sort of the way I went about it. Um, but I've still, I think I got a lot to learn because uh, my friend afterwards, we were, he, I scratched her a bit and then he got back, he got on the exact track I was doing it and he just did some crazy shit just, playing of every single knob and fader on the thing while also scratching with the other hand. I was like, holy shit, I've only, you know, hit the tip of the iceberg. He's like, you know, he's, he, he can do some crazy shit. Uh, so, you know, it, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a fun lesson, though. Uh, he was, uh, I think, a little bit tired, so I, I, I appreciated the, um, that he took some time out of his day to teach me this, this cool uh, thing that he knows how to do you know because 
it's always cool when you can learn a new skill, uh, new skill, and um, you know, there, there's so much we can learn from other people sometimes uh, that can be, you know, and he he's such a good teacher. Uh, I know he'll probably be listening to this, being a bit embarrassed about me saying this, but he's actually a really good teacher. And I think it's because he's really patient and he's also willing to um, push me and keep me going and get me to ask questions and be honest as well if I don't get something, which uh, is my biggest issue sometimes in my class. Like if I don't get something, I might just keep my hand down and just not understand it. Um, I need to I need to just, you know, say, hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me out? You know. So, yeah, um, this is a short one, but this is alternating slothcast episode four thank you for listening catch you later